0: Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of
1: inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingus
0: shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this.
1: Get ready for another
0: episode of the Experience This show. Join us as we discuss auto payments gone awry. Naming the devices you love, and getting paid to be the delivery driver for your next takeout order. Paying, personifying, and
1: participating. Oh, my. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Now, Dan, I promise this is not a trick question. But how would you define automatic payments for a loan? <laughs> it sounds like a trick question. but <laughs> It feels like a trick question, but I promise it. I want to make sure that I'm not the one who's misunderstanding how this should work. It could be me,
0: as the kids say. Well, I, uh, I listen, I trust you. So I'm going to guess it's not a trick question. Here's how I would define it. I would say that it allows me the ability determine a payment method from which on a regular basis, the lender would take my payment and I basically can set it and forget it. Oh, magical. In fact, you used a word or a phrase that
1: I like to use when I think about automatic payments, which is set it and forget it. And that's what I thought. But regrettably, that is not what I experienced. As I mentioned back in episode 151 at the top of season nine, I purchased a new Jeep back in December. And to help pay for it, I decided to sign up for an auto loan. Now, to be Honest, I have not had a car loan since oh, I don't know, like early late '99, you know, somewhere in the the late '99s, if you will, uh, right before the year 2000. Back when you used to get like 60 little envelopes and the little slips, and you'd write a check and mail them in. But I decided to get this new loan and. It made sense because super low interest rates and I was like, okay, and I can spread it out and there's no penalty for prepayment of the loan before it expires. This felt like a pretty good deal.
0: It sounds pretty good to me. I'm I'm going through the same number crunching in my head right now in my life. So what's the story with the auto pay then? Why'd you ask me about it? So that's a great question. Since the payment for my
1: new loan for my Jeep is the same every month, and since I knew what I was getting into, I wanted to set up Automatic payments, what I defined as direct withdrawal from my checking account each month so the payments would be made on a regular schedule without me needing to remember or take any action and in fact, be able to set it and forget it, as you said. In fact, the bank that financed the loan encouraged me to do this in their very first message. They said, set up your online account and set up auto pay so you don't have to worry about this. So their goal aligned with my goal. I went online, I set up a new account, I registered everything, connected it to my checking account, made sure that auto payments were all set up, and I thought I was good to go. Now, to be honest, as I went through this process, I was slightly frustrated right out of the blocks. Because you could only set up auto pay starting with the month two payment for the loan, the second payment. You couldn't do auto pay for the first payment which to be frank, didn't make a lot of sense since I was setting it up well before the first payment was due, but such is life. So I set up auto payments to begin with month two. And then I did an immediate ACH
0: payment for month one. (laughs) I'm going to go out of limb here and guess that while well-intentioned, this did not automatically work as expected. (laughs) You are correct. There was no automatically
1: anywhere in this process. So, as is my normal habit with automatic payments, I set them and forget them. And because I was headed out of the country and I was focused on some other logistics, I must confess that I didn't notice when the first payment didn't come out of my account. And to be honest, I didn't notice that the second payment didn't happen because I was traveling. I was out of the country and I came home to a series of calls. Now, what's interesting about these phone calls, Dan, is they all came in at 7 a.m. in the morning from an unknown number.
0: Not now, sketchy the first, at all.
1: Not sketchy at all. Now, the first few were just kind of like hangups, but I saw them as missed calls. Then I started getting same thing, 7 a.m. missed calls from an unknown number, but there was a voicemail and the voicemail said that this person represented the bank and they were calling to collect on a debt. Also not sketchy at all. <laughs> not sketchy at all. I'm ready for fishing activities. I'm ready for all kinds of... But they mentioned the name of the bank. And the only relationship I have with this bank is this loan for my Jeep. So I decided to log in to the online banking account that I had set up with them. And when I entered in my information, it said that my account had been locked for failure to pay on a loan. And it gave me yet another phone number to call. So I called that number versus the unknown number that I had received calls from before that. And I got a lovely associate on the phone. I made sure that it was actually the bank. We did some verification. I verified them. They verified me. Everybody was feeling good. And then they said that they had not received the payments. Now, I explained that I was set up for auto pay. And the agent said, and I'm quoting directly, "Uh, this happens
0: all the time. Oh, boy. Okay, warning, warning, warning. If this happens all the time, maybe somebody should fix it because obviously I'm gonna go out and limit again and guess that you know you were a upset about this, but probably also a little nervous. I mean, no one wants to get called by a debt collector, and I know that you because you said it and forget it, you're you're good at paying on time and have a stellar credit record and you know, this is not a the type of situation that you want your customers to be in when they start a relationship with you. And the worst part about it is if it happens all the time, they know it's a problem.
1: Oh, Dan, you are so correct. You are so correct. I, not only am I nervous about this from the outset, because you're right, I'm very proud to have a good credit rating. That's part of the reason why I got the super fantastic low interest rate loan on this purchase, right? And now I'm getting dinged for not making a payment that I had set up. Long story short, I talked with the associate and she did some exploring and said that she could see on the back end that I had properly set up my account. And she had no idea why it hadn't run in either of the months. I explored a little bit further and she said, well, the reason you couldn't log in to the system is that their payment system is set up to block people from online access if they miss a payment. Because, and I quote, they want people to call in and explain why they hadn't paid.
0: Okay. So this is what happens when we let the risk department take over customer <laughs> experience. I'm so
1: glad you said that because that's exactly what I was thinking. But I also know you work for a major credit card company. So you're familiar with payments and collecting payments and auto payments in a way that other folks might not be.
0: But oh my goodness, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't have... On one hand, as we've talked about in the show many times. Every role in the organization, to some extent, is in the customer experience business, including the risk department, the finance department, what the collections department, etc. On the other hand, we don't want any of those departments running the CX show because then you get experiences like this. And the reality is, is that If you ask yourself, okay, so what is the problem with somebody logging into their account if they're behind on their payments? What is it that they're going to do that you're afraid of? (laughs) Make a payment? (laughs) Right. I mean, oh no. Oh my goodness. So true.
1: And I think you, you hit the nail on the head as usual as to why I wanted to talk about this and why I wanted to make it a dissecting the experience segment. Not because I wanted to complain about the experience, but because I wanted to illustrate how common this is. Brands, businesses encourage their customers to do one thing, and then it doesn't work that way. And then they know it doesn't work that way. And they leave the customer feeling that they did something wrong, even though it's the system did something wrong. So let's just recap briefly. They encouraged me to set up automatic payments, but didn't give me the option to do that for the first month's payment even though i did it literally 2 days after purchasing the car
0: and by the way that that also is some operational person saying well you know because of the way we print our statements uh, <laughs> it's not going to be in time and so it's going to over and it's all this operational gunk that you should have no- nothing to do with whatsoever but the the solution is rather than fixing the operational problem is just make you start in month 2 which is a hassle for the customer
1: I love it. And you did two things there. Number one, you kept it a family show by referring to it as operational gunk, which I so appreciate it. But I had a lot more colorful language that I wanted to describe it as. But additionally, you talk about printing the statement. Their whole communication with me is that none of this is going to be via paper. They're not sending me statements. They're not printing statements. They're not sending me reminders. They just want me to set it up and forget it. But there's this vestige artifact of a bad experience from before that is dragging into the current experience. On top of that, they make me do a separate payment for the first month. So it's bad enough that you won't let me set the auto payment, but then I set up the separate payment. But again, where this really starts to go off the rails is in my first conversation with a human, I'll leave the unknown phone numbers at 7 a.m. I won't even address those. I think everybody understands why those are problematic. But when an associate says, this happens all the time, and then goes on to explain that why I was locked out of the account, every piece of this puzzle is upside down and negative. And keep in mind, these are the first interactions of a five-year relationship I'm going to have with this bank making payments on this vehicle. I mean, you're in the first hundred days, if I'm not mistaken. How <laughs> well, that works. I am. I'm heck, I'm in the first 30 days, and I'm feeling miserable about this, and it's compounded in the next 30 days. Here's where it gets really interesting. You thought we were done, but no, it's actually even better. I then, because I've been down this road before, decided to ask wasn't the case, was it that I was charged any late payment fees? Oh, no, of course not. And she Why said, would well, you be charged yeah. that? She said, well, actually, you were charged a $30 fee for the first one and a $30 fee for the second one. I said, interesting. How am I to know that? Because it was nowhere in the fine print on the loan. By the way, there was no fine print on the loan. It was a text message. I had no idea what it is. It's not mentioned on the login screen. She's like, well, you would be able to see that when you logged in. I said, but I can't log in. She goes, oh, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I said, I received no email about it. I received no text reminder when the first payment didn't go through. No one called me. There was no outreach until the second payment. And I'd been dinged for a second late payment fee. And even then, it was just numbers without voicemails until like the fourth day of 7am phone calls where I was like, what is going on here? And that's what triggered my awareness as to what was going on. But here's where this story gets fascinating. I already thought it was kind of fascinating, but here's where it gets really interesting. Long story short, she processes an immediate ACH payment for the two months. She waives the late payment fees, which I was very thankful for and appreciative of. And she says, and I quote, you should be good to go for month three for your next payment, right in the auto payment. However, and this is where I got nervous. I would recommend you log in to your online account five days after the payment was due to process to A, make sure that it did and B, make sure that everything is copacetic and you're good going forward. To which I said, I'd be more than happy to do that even though you've just confirmed that I should be good. Even though on your end, you're showing all systems is go. But won't I be locked out if the payment doesn't process? To which she responded, you know, maybe, but, but I'm not really sure what else to tell you. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh,
0: you right? know, I, I have a quick question for you, yeah. uh, if you wouldn't mind me asking. Are you going to use this company again for your next auto loan? Oh, that is a
1: great question. Dan. Not only am I not going to use them for my next auto loan, but I know that it is just a matter of time before I start getting letters from this bank asking me to sign up for credit cards and letters from them to open new accounts. Because frankly, when they called to set up this loan, this is one of those things for folks who maybe haven't purchased a car recently. I don't know how it used to be done or how it's normally done. But when I went in, they said, hey, we put your kind of credit score and your application out to a bunch of banks and then we get whatever the best terms are and then that will present those to you. Well, while the rep, sales rep, when I was buying the car was doing that with their finance person, I actually got a phone call from this bank. I'm again, purposely not saying their name where they kind of asked me a few questions. I said, "You know, we got to ask cuz we love your credit score, but we see that you don't have any huge loans and we're excited at the opportunity to be, you know, your first big loan in a while and just wanted to make sure we had some information." I'm like, "Yeah, no. So like things started out with them self-identifying, "This is a good customer with a great credit score who's going to be able to pay and make payments on time and we're excited to establish a relationship." And now we're less than 60 days in and I'm like, I would not continue
0: this relationship with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I might even look at moving my auto loan to somebody else, which of course is a pain in the neck and something you shouldn't have to go through. But you know, my fear is now you're not gonna be able to set it and forget it. You're gonna have to check it every month. You're gonna have to set an, an alarm to make sure that it paid because I would have zero faith that your payment's gonna go through.
1: Absolutely. So what can we learn from my little automatic payment fiasco? Number one, make it easy for your customers to pay you. Take credit cards, take ACH, do online banking. Make it easy for your customers who want to give you money to give you money. Number two, make it easy for customers to set up recurring payments. If you have a larger investment for your product, make it easy for them to set it and forget it. Number three, don't lock people out of your systems because of a snafu, because of a mistake, make it easy for them to pay easy and quickly. And don't default to making them call you when there's an opportunity for them to self-serve and go online and make the payment themselves. Number four, can we start deferring to grace and understanding when a first or a second payment is missed? Can we presume the best of our customers, especially when we're trying to set up things that are automated because we know that technology some way sometimes doesn't work the way we would hope it to. And last but not least, number five, be careful of who you partner with. Because here's the interesting thing. My loan is from a bank, a third party, not the dealership, the great dealership that sold me the Jeep. But it got me wondering how many people would associate the experience with the bank back onto the dealership. I had that thought. I wondered,
0: why are they even working with these people? Hey, can I add a sixth takeaway? Please do. If you identify a problem that is coming up so often that your customer service agents are saying, this happens a lot, please use that as an indicator to go fix the underlying problem. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid
1: based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? You have a pair of headphones that you regularly
0: use, correct, Dan? I do. About a year ago, I upgraded to the AirPod Pros, and I love them. Oh, I love it. Oh, what do you call your headphones? Uh, Sorry, they're headphones. So I kind of just refer to them as my AirPods.
1: Well, fair enough. But do they have a name? Like some people give their car a name or, you know, some other object that they have. Do your headphones have a name?
0: Uh, you know how last time you said this wasn't a trick question? I feel like this one is. <laughs> no, it's not. I promise it's not. I just, I, we've never talked about your headphones.
1: So I didn't know if you had a term of affection for them other than AirPods.
0: You know, you're getting a little personal here. I Gary. am, I am. But that's uh, no, the way the show I, I, goes. I, I honestly, I, I don't believe that my headphones have
1: a name. Fair enough. And I don't have a name for my headphones either, Dan. And to be honest, I didn't realize that people gave their headphones names until my wife was setting up a new pair of Bose noise canceling headphones and she received the following prompt and options and she actually showed me the screen while she was setting it up because she found this so interesting she went through the setup and then it said name it Bose NC700HP Diamond Lashes Earthshine Halo Heliochrome Ice Queen or Moonstone Ooh, I like Heliochrome or Moonstone. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Now, while this was certainly new to me, Bose actually talked about this way back in a tweet in April of
0: 2017. (laughs) Wait a second. I'm calling you on this. You were not on Twitter back in (laughs) 2017. You are correct. I was
1: not. I'm not even on Twitter in 2022. But a Google search made reference to their tweet, and it showed the original tweet with a graphic, of how to change the name on your headphones in the Bose Pairing app. And it included this message.
0: They're your headphones. Name them whatever you want. I like it. I think it's interesting. I'm I'm I guess I'm okay, let me ask you this. So they give you the choices. And now if I didn't like any of those choices, I assume one of the other choices is I can just type in a name? Correct. Yeah.
1: Forgive me for not making that clear. They had kind of like a blank spot where you could type in the name, but then they prompted you with these other
0: name ideas. Okay. So that makes So the whatever you want thing now makes, Correct. Uh, makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, this is interesting. I know people, as you said, that have named their cars. I know people that have named their pets. And their children. Um, Inanimate objects like (laughs) headphones, I don't know a lot of people that have done that. But I think it's interesting. It's an interesting personalization option.
1: You know, I agree, Dan. And this is why I wanted to talk about this on the show, because it's something that we don't see a lot. But I think there's an interesting opportunity here. I worked with a group of auto repair shops years ago, and one of the customer experience enhancements that we explored and ended up implementing was an intake form that asked the customers to share the name that they called their car. And this allowed future communications to be personalized to a much greater degree, like sending an email that said, your 1967 Ford Shelby GT500 Eleanor needs an oil change. Not only did it bring a smile to the face of their customers, but it led to a great response rate for their inquiries and promotions because we said the car's name instead of the owner's name. And for owners that will go the extra step of naming their car, this made them feel that their car was being seen by the auto repair shop that was working with them.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean all jokes aside, I think it's similar to a pet, right? That when uh, Chewy reaches out and tell and tells me that Oma's food is ready for reorder, you know, it does create that personalization so that I know they're <laughs> talking about her. I-, I don't buy my food from Chewy, but I buy Oma's food. So, just interesting dynamic there with the car as well. I- I'm I'm a little curious. How far do you think this goes? I mean, how many items do we name?
1: Yeah, I think this is a is a great question and an important question because I don't want our listeners to go, all right, we've got to personify everything that we sell now to our customers. No, but I do think that if you have a product that is highly personalized and that people either wear on their body or they carry it with them regularly or they kind of are very emotionally attached to the product. You know, we name our laptops, right? It gives you the prompt. You can name your hard drive. Some people, I think, name their cell phones. Various tools and technologies like that. I think there's an opportunity. And that opportunity is, as we add more technologies to our life, this desire to personify our objects, that's giving names to inanimate objects, is only going to increase because it makes us feel more connected to the tools we use. If we know our customers are giving our products names, why not build that into your new user onboarding experience? Because the more we personify and personalize, the more connected our customers become to our products and our service offerings, which creates a better customer experience for everyone involved, regardless of what they decide to call you. Your customers are real people, not numbers in a queue. That's why Help Scout lets you manage conversations, not tickets. Join us now for
2: Conversation Corner. Hey, it is Matt from the customer service platform Help Scout here with the question of the day for you, Dan. Is there any animated gift that would be appropriate for a funeral home customer service team to send to a customer?
0: (laughs) I love that question, Matt, and I certainly did not expect it. But you know what? Funeral homes can have some personality too. Obviously, we need to be a little bit careful because people are going through a difficult emotional time. But there was one gift that I was sort of that sort of reminded me. It's that very famous one with Homer Simpson where he sort of quietly disappears into the bushes. Now, I think he does that because he's embarrassed. But what I like about that is metaphorically, I think that a good funeral home stays out of the way and just kind of allows the family to mourn and to celebrate and to remember and do the things that they need to do during a funeral. And obviously, the employees have to be there for them. But they, we don't want them to be front and center. We actually want them to kind of fade into the bushes uh, and let things happen. So I think that's probably the gif I would go for. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, that, I think you've got it on the, the nail there. Like people want a certain thing out of that, that funeral home experience. And that's a pretty succinct representation of you know, getting out of the way. I like that. As I was thinking about this, You know, I was thinking some people's attitudes to death, there's a very cultural element to it and there's a very different approaches. So I think probably depends where you are and who your customers are, the tone and the voice of your company. So for me, I was doing a little research and I discovered you can send your remains to the moon if you've got 12 and a half grand uh, at least to spend. And so I feel like that sort of situation, it might be quite different and maybe there is a scope there for a, a GIF showing me what actually happens to my remains.
0: I have never thought of sending my remains to the moon, but I will definitely research that. But I, I appreciate the question too, because you know I get this question a lot about whether every industry can focus on customer experience. And the answer is yes, no matter what industry you're in. If funeral homes can do it, so can you, no matter what industry you're in. So if you want to see more links, read some articles, videos. Other content around this, please go to slash experience this. Again, that's slash experience this for great CX and customer service content. There are
1: so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press where we read the articles so you don't need to. Loyal listeners have experienced this. Know that
0: you used to be a pizza delivery guy back in the day. Correct, Dan? I did indeed. It was one of my favorite jobs. I used to describe it as that they paid me to sit in my car, drive around, give people a pizza every once in a while and listen to the Cubs game. And that was a great job. But I worked for Domino's. And in fact, uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, probably one of my very first customer service stories happened when I was in that role. I had the opportunity to deliver a pizza to the one and only his heirness, Michael Jordan.
1: I love this story. I've heard this story before and I love this story.
0: Well, the guy opens the door and first of all, he's huge. He's dressed in a... I (laughs) I won't ever forget, right? He's dressed in a bull shirt and and shorts and he's... gigantic. And I noticed immediately that he was looking over my head, not just because he was tall, but he was looking behind me to make sure that there weren't other people there or photographers, paparazzi, what have you. And I was told by the other drivers before I took this run that I had the choice. I could ask him for an autograph and he would graciously oblige, but then he wouldn't tip. Or I could say nothing and that he was a very generous tipper. And I was pretty sure which way I was gonna go. But when I saw him looking over my head, I realized immediately that it wasn't really a choice that this guy deserved some privacy. And I was just gonna be polite and not make an event out of delivering a pizza. And he was a very generous tipper. And I still have the story 25 years later. So it was well worth it for me.
1: I love it. And I knew that you used to drive her and do deliveries for Domino's. And I knew that you had a fun Michael Jordan tipping story, which is why I thought of you when I saw an article on Inc.com by Rebecca Dzinski titled Domino's response to the labor crunch. Pick up your own darn pizza. Doesn't say darn, but it's a family show. Okay. So the article discusses a new program that Domino's is offering which they detailed in the following press release. And I quote, Domino's Pizza believes every great delivery driver deserves a tip. Thousands of carryout customers serve as their own delivery drivers each day. And now Domino's is tipping them. Carryout customers who order online can claim a $3 tip to use on their next online carryout order. Quote, it takes skill to get pizza from a Domino's store to your door, said Art Dalia. Domino's executive vice president and chief marketing officer. As a reward, Domino's is giving a $3 tip to online carryout customers who take the time and energy out of their day to act as their own delivery drivers. After all, we think they deserve it. End quote.
0: What do you think about this, Dan? In a word, I think it's brilliant. And I want to bring you back to episode 99 in season five, where we talked about He's Domino. a
1: font of knowledge, people. It's it's a Rain
0: Man effect. The way he can reach back and grab... The, these are not scripted. He has no idea where I'm
1: going with this. And Dan just pulled one from the archives of his brain. Way to, way to go, Rain Man.
0: Indeed. Well, we talked about Domino's delivery insurance, which is another, I thought, brilliant example of marketing. Did they get into the insurance business? No. But they simply addressed issues that people potentially have with delivery, like receiving a pizza that has the wrong toppings. I think this is very similar. Domino's for a long time has offered discounts for carrying out. It's it's some of the best discounts that you can get because obviously, it's a lot less effort for them if they don't have to deliver it. I think turning it into a tip for the quote unquote driver is just absolutely brilliant and very clever. A fun way to kind of codify what they were already doing, which is exactly what I thought when I saw the delivery insurance thing. So I'm a big fan of Domino's. I'm a big fan of where they've gone over the years. I don't know if you remember this, but you know when the CEO took over, he did a press conference and basically said, our pizza stinks, we're going to make it better. And then they redid their recipe and you know what they did? They made it better. And so I think it's a great company and I love it. I think it was a great story. So, I agree with you, except for the fine print.
1: Now, this may this was not something that was uh, necessarily featured that much in the article, but I went and I pulled the original press release. And here's what the press release said as a little disclaimer. Carry out customers who order online now through may twenty second. So they gave about a three month window are eligible to claim the three dollars coupon code which is redeemable for another online carryout order placed the following week with a minimum purchase of $5 before tax and gratuity. Plus, the customer can combine their carryout tip with their favorite carryout offer, making for a tasty deal. So here's the challenge I had. It would be better if it was actually a tip as opposed to a $3 off your next order coupon, which is really what it is.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I'm no fan of fine print. I think anytime you have to have fine print, you need to kind of go back to the drawing board to understand why. And the answer is usually because your offer is too confusing. Uh, because you know, if the marketing is clear, then fine print is not required. So yeah, I like it less this way. I guess in defense of them, what I would say is that this is really just marketing more than anything. And so calling it a tip is just clever and cute. The question I would ask is, are people disappointed when they find out that it's a coupon code? If yes, then we should probably go back to the drawing board. If no, and especially given that you can compound it with their other, as I mentioned before, very generous carryout offers, maybe people don't care and they're okay with it. And so, like anything, I would say, ask your customer.
1: You know, I don't disagree with you, Dan, that it really depends on kind of what the experience is. But here was my idea. Imagine if you show up to pick up your carryout and you've paid, you know, $12 for your pizza, $18 for the pizza, whatever you've paid for your pizza. And they said, hey, by the way, you came in and picked up your thing and you're going to be the delivery driver. I've got a little tip for you. And they handed you two crisp $1 bills or even three. And they gave you the 2 or $3 tip in cash right there, as opposed to giving you a future discount. My gut instinct is that would be a surprise and delight moment that everyone enjoyed, that people would talk about like crazy, that they would be then more compelled to come back and buy another pizza again soon from Domino's. And I think it would engender more long-term loyalty than a promotion that tries to drive a pizza sale the following week.
0: I think it's a great idea. And again, if I were the chief marketing officer and you were an enterprising VP of marketing and came to me with that idea, I would say, go ahead and test it out. And I would A, B test it in two different regions. I would try the the coupon code on the next order and I would try what you suggested. And, and I would judge it based on both the business results, which is how many more pizzas did we sell, and the customer results, which is how do we feel about this offer? Do we feel satisfied and and more loyal to Domino's?
1: I totally agree. And I love it. So here's the takeaway, friends. If you're listening and going, yeah, guys, but we don't have tips in our business or we don't have delivery drivers in our business. The point of this segment is to get us to think creatively about our promotions and to recognize that just because we could do a promotion doesn't mean we should line the promotion with fine point details and fine print that kind of change the feeling of the promotion. I'm all about creating surprise and delight moments. So is Dan. What are the ways you can get creative in thinking about little tips that you can give back to your customers in appreciation for them doing business with you? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best
0: listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show. Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to
1: podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts, and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise
0: for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience Yes.